Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Sam Gilstrap. It is the Ghost Lights Podcast, and we are back starting off with the Spring Break Bonanza. I hope you're tuned in. I hope you're following us on the Podbean and iTunes. Tonight we got TJ Hogel in the house. Yo, yo. Aw, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing out that reggae horn because we're in the spring break bonanza. I, th- I, hope, I hope wherever you're at, you're, you've got your feet up and you're drinking something. I feel like we're about ready to drop like the hottest mi- mixtape that there is. Actually, I got to be honest with you. Um, What's his name? Pitbull is in the house oh, right after you. Oh, there you go. Oh, Pitbull, mm. baby. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's about to go down. I've been saying it all week. I'm so glad you're here listening to us today. And I am so glad to have the gigantic man <laughs> and person that is TJ Hogel. And that means two different things. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having me on. It's uh, like I was telling you, we, we ran into each other at the Cowdens and you asked me to be on your on the podcast and it was real exciting. I was real excited to do it. So nice. I'm grateful to be here. Excited. Well, thank you. Nervous, but excited. Well, it, there's. I'll tell you this. There's absolutely nothing to be frightened of we are the ghost lights podcast we try and keep it very simple i ask you one question yeah and from there we just kind of riff yeah um you've brought whiskey i have yes yes Um, always today's unofficial sponsor Mm. is fireside colorado whiskey Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. it's very tasty it is good yes it is is very good i'm not i'm not upset by the choice at all Mm. Um, big pours yeah oh yeah that's big man, little, big pores. That's right. You, just, you do what you gotta do. It's fucking Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sunday night. Praise God. In Praise God. Indeed. Indeed. On his day of rest. That's right. While he's resting, we're up causing a ruckus. You're damn right we are. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 gonna, we're gonna talk some stuff. Before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Once again, folks, our opening theme music and our, and our outro is War by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Please download that track ASAP off of iTunes. Um, please follow us on Podbean and iTunes. We're on we're on every platform except Spotify and SoundCloud, um, and it's mainly because um, SoundCloud is a little more expensive. Hey man, yeah. gotta pay the bills. Gotta pay the Makes bills. Makes sense. Yeah, we're trying to. We're yeah, trying yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us, uh, tell us who you like. Tell us who you want on the show, and I'm gonna listen because it's a uh, after this week. After this week, we are we're we're, we're doing things big style. I'm go- I'm going for broke. I'm bringing in the big names, the big guns. Nice. Because not everyone wants to listen to me talk. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Not everybody wants to listen to me talk, that's for sure. Well, I brought you on for a reason, so please be riveting. <laughs> well, now that the ex- now that, that bar has been, been set high. Hey, hey, that's <laughs> don't trip. It's 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 what it's what should be expected by everyone. Um TJ Hogel. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to go on tour with my drop my my newest and latest LP. What's that? I, no, I don't know. I'm just oh, trying to... DJ Hogel. Yeah, DJ Hoagie. DJ Hoagie. Nice, the Hoagster. Nice, I like it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll, we'll get on to the, we'll get on to the real serious, the nitty gritty here. Um, TJ. Yes. Theater. Mm. Acting. Mm. How'd you get into it? What happened? Well. It's a long story. And we've got all the time in the world, so tell me. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so, my background is a little different than, I think, a lot of people's backgrounds. Okay. Um, so, I've always been 
musically inclined to do as much as I can. Mm. Um, singing's always been one of the most important things in my life. And mm. from a very young age, I always knew I wanted to sing um, in any capacity that I could. What that meant, you know, I don't know. I didn't know when I was a kid. But um, my mother was um, a youth, not a youth leader, I'm sorry. She was the music director in a bunch of different churches for a very long time. So I was always involved in music somehow, um, whether it was by proxy with her or I was in choir myself. Um, and so I always, I always wanted to sing. Performing happened later, but we'll get there. Okay. So for those of you that don't know me personally, um, I initially started as a football player, you know, um, I my the first musical I ever did when I was a junior in high school it was crazy for you and the only reason I did it was cuz my best friend was doing it mm. and it wasn't you know I was, and it was I was already in choir I was in show choir and all these other choirs and my best friend was like oh I'm going to try out for the musical and see what happens and so I went to my football coach and the season was getting close to being over and I was like I think I'm going to do the musical over Christmas you know cuz mm-hmm. it really starts in like once the football season ends, which is roughly November, and then I was on the track team as well, which started in like February. Mm-hmm. So I had it fit perfectly. It was football, musical, track and field. Nice. And so I went to my coach, and he was like, "All right, let's let's talk off season training." And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm gonna be doing a musical," and he was like, "What? You you be doing a musical?" And I was like, "Yeah, my friend's gonna do it, and I want to do it with him." And he he turned and turned to me and looked me in the face, and he said. You can't do that. Theater's for fags. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My high school football coach told me that. And again, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a bit of a a larger man. And uh, I I basically was to the point where he couldn't control that. You know, I was going to do what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. because A, the season was over. And B, uh, he didn't have that control on me. Like I was, you weren't a robot. I was one of the best players on the team. I I, I wasn't leaving the team. I was just, you know, after the occupying season. your free time. Absolutely, I was doing yeah. something new to me that I wanted to do. Hmm. And so after he said that, I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely doing it now." <laughs> like <laughs> you, you can't tell me that I can't do that. Like fuck I, you, coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was kind of a, he was kind of a jerk anyway, but. Uh, Aside so, from that one comment that yeah. let, let open up this window yeah. into his, shall we say, biased yeah. psyche. Yeah. And I mean, granted, that's, <laughs> that's 2001 or 2002, so times were a little different. I didn't agree with what he said at all. I still don't. But anyway, no. so I did the musical, and it was awesome, and... Uh, you know, and then life went on, and that was my junior year, and then my senior year, same thing. I did the musical, and it was awesome. But at that point, uh, uh, in February every year is the national signing day for high school students to yeah. sign to play college football, and I was being pursued by a few different schools, um, and I was asked, I was offered a scholarship at, um, what's the one in Durango? Uh, oh. Whatever the school is, Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis in Durango. I was yeah. offered scholarship there, and I was offered scholarship in Fort Hayes State in Hayes, Kansas. Hmm. And like an idiot, I chose Kansas. If you've ever been to Kansas, sorry, it sucks. It's yeah. awful. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry you did that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so oh, yeah. 
Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, so I, I kind of, once the musical got done, you know, I was full into, all right, college prep, signing, you know, signing day, working out and conditioning and getting in football shape or staying in football shape for college yeah. to play college ball. And so I got to college and I never really liked football. I didn't love mm. it. You know, I yeah. just, because I'm so big, everybody always told me that you should, you ha- you're, you're built for this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can coach, you can't coach size. You can coach athleticism. You can coach footwork. You can't coach size. Mm-hmm. And so I was always told and made to believe that football was the only thing I could do. Mm. You know, that that was my, my way. That was my, my path in life was football. Yeah. And so I got to college and I did the football thing. And after the season, I was just miserable and um, decided to walk onto the track team as well. So in college, I was a dual sport athlete. I was doing football and track, especially in the spring because they have spring ball in in college football. So basically, I was waking up at five to do football weights in the morning, go to class all day, have track practice in the afternoon. Then I went to football practice after track practice. So I was busy as hell. <laughs> How does a body do that? Uh, you're up at 5 a.m. Yeah, to lift yeah. for the thing you're going to be doing for the next four hours after your last class? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say that because whenever I tell anybody about my experience... I would get up and I would just be dreading the day. I would be oh. miserable before the day even started because yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play football. I didn't want to go, you know, and 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 throw on those pads and put the cleats on and put the mm-hmm. helmet on and go out and beat people up. I just didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a lack of um, drive or desire. It yeah. just like I just. It wasn't for me. I, I, bet, I bet you got a lot of people eating into you uh, into terms of your masculinity during this. Uh, was that a big problem? No. And, no. And maybe it was. It's not something I noticed. Okay. Um, I don't... I don't think so. I don't think so at all. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I was still on the track team. Um, I made it through a full, a full year of football. So I did a full season and I did a full uh, spring season um, while I was doing track as well. And I just, I didn't want to do it anymore, you mm-hmm. know? So I came home from, I came home from that year from school and I sat my parents down and my, I sat, all my parents and my brother and my sister and we all sat at a table and we were having this awesome dinner uh, in summertime on the patio and talking about, you know, the future. And I told my parents, I was like, I want you guys to know I'm miserable and I don't want to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult for them to understand that that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was very difficult for them to see where I was coming from, to not understand that I'm miserable. Like every day I'm miserable, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, my, I'm booked solid. I'm so busy, but I hate every minute of it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so I quit, I quit playing football, but I still, I still was doing track. So I went back to school, um, and this, I'm getting there. I promise. <laughs> this is great. This yeah. is a, this is a perspective we yeah. haven't had before. Yeah, and I'm a man who loves mm-hmm. sports. Yeah, me, and me too. And and being involved in sports when I was in like, just so we can, so I can provide some of my context to it. Every single I went to Denver's East High School. Mm-hmm. Big ups to the Angels, who are listening, but. The idea that anyone on that team right. 
wanted to be involved in theater right was at the bottom level laughable yeah and to get to where you got to through that i mean to even have first of all kudos to you to being in high school and being aware of um it, no it doesn't make me a fag right. quote unquote right i think that's a bullshit way to look at things yeah and then two to be like football doesn't fulfill me right to have that in your head and in your heart at a time when everyone, for me, this is why I'm so surprised. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for me, that time, you are being hit over the head every day with what a man is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And at no point does uh, any of the the, mater- the reading material or viewing material at that time say, um, men um, sing musicals. Which is which is so funny because anybody that knows William Shakespeare is for the longest time well, it was only dudes. Yeah, it was only dudes. There were no women involved. Yeah, um, Greek theater was kind of the same way a little True. bit. Um, but to be fair, everything was done by men. Absolutely, when he was writing. Absolutely, plays. yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, and so uh, and I remember in college, still trying to pursue after, outside of football, still trying to pursue something musically mm-hmm. um i took uh i took a jazz class um and it's so funny it was like it, it was like listening to jazz 101 or something like that mm-hmm. and it sounds like a joke of a class which a lot of people took because it was quote unquote an easy a but for me it was like the history of jazz you know the 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 power and background of music in our country and mm-hmm. how it got here and how it spread and yeah. uh, i did another one called listening to music and it started from like cavemen beating on the walls to uh, like modern day symphonic music, and it for me it was and I easily aced that class because I was so interested in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a theater class, uh, just like theater one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. We we read Othello. We did Taming of the Shrew. We did other things that escape my mind now. But mm-hmm. um, and so I, I've I always had that drive, but. And that passion for something along those lines, but I still didn't really know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, fast forward to my, sorry, my junior year of college, and started going down a bit of a wrong path. You know, I not like I do heroin every day. It wasn't like that, but like no. I, you know, there were classes I was missing because I stayed out too late the night mm-hmm. before, or I just decided I didn't want to go to that class anymore, so mm-hmm. I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, to, sorry to jump back, no. my sophomore year, I was in a, a college choir, concert choir, and we did Mozart's Requiem. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. You know what I mean? And it was, it was like choir, but like the next level. So a lot of people look at football and they're like, yo, I play high school football. I can't imagine what it's like to play college football. I did that. Mm-hmm. But for me, an equation, or equal to that, I guess, would be... High school choir and then doing college choir. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's the next level. Yeah. And that was more invigorating for me. Like that was really awesome. Uh, or over playing football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I mean, it, it's written everywhere that I was meant to be doing something different than what I was doing. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, sorry. To, from the past, jump forward, backward. Now we're back in the future again. Nice. 
It's like an episode of the Doctor Who here. Basically, but hop into the TARDIS. But like me. maybe I love Doctor Who, but sometimes I'm like, what in the hell is happening right now? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I really do. But I'm just kind of like, I am a little lost. Yeah. Maybe the simpleton in me is doesn't understand it. Hey, but... if you're a simpleton, <laughs> then I'm a fucking dunce because I'll watch and be like, didn't didn't David Tennant do this shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like this, this what? This is some straight season five shit or whatever. And then he just burns up and becomes a dude again. Now yeah, it's a, now it's yeah, a lady. Now it's a lady, which I think is cool. And I, think I think it's really awesome. I love I love the transition episode. Yes, I the, think the that, one that came out over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Was it this last year? I believe so. Yeah, twenty seventeen Christmas. I believe so. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, love Doctor Who. So we're um, bouncing around through college. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. we're in your struggle months as a yeah, junior. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still on the track team, and I've decided that I want to. Transfer. I don't. I don't want to be in Kansas anymore. I'm absolutely miserable in Kansas. All right, Dorothy. Yeah. So, I had a track meet versus uh, Air Force Academy. It was invite only Ooh. at the Air Force Academy, which is interesting because Air Force is Division One school, yeah. and Hayes, you know, Fort Hayes Hayes is Division Two school. Mm-hmm. So, I got invited to compete against a bunch of Division One athletes, and I had already been discussing. My transfer plans with the head coach at Colorado State because I wanted I always wanted to go there. I was actually one Sonny of Sonny Lubick at the time. It was or Bobo. No, Bobo's now. Yeah. So Sonny Lubick was there. I I went to a bunch of football camps up there, and I uh, remember talking to the offensive line coach, and the offensive line coach was all about bringing me onto the team and all of these things. And then, you know, over winter break, my back senior year in high school, over winter break is kind of like the silent period. And then after that, like I said, in February is the signing day. So that's kind of when everything starts to pick up steam. You take your official trips to the school so that they can look at you. They put you through like a 40-yard dash and a bunch of different drills and a strength test. A combine, basically. For, yeah, for high school kids. Yeah. So, um, and I remember that, and I didn't hear anything from the CSU guy. And I'm like, this is really weird, because I had done like four camps up there. I had, you know, done a bunch of stuff involving, like I... My high, my high school coach didn't do a great job of selling me to schools, mm-hmm. so I did it myself. My dad made my like highlight reel, so to speak, and I remember taking the tape to the office in Fort Collins. I took a day out of school and took it up there to, and handed it to him in person so mm-hmm. that they had it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so I was, uh, I I really was like Colorado State is that's where I'm gonna go. It's gonna happen, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. And what happened was when over that Christmas time, they had basically done a huge change in coaching staff, and all the recruits were out at that point. So yeah. they had to start fresh with different recruits. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back in college, I want to be. I want to go to Colorado State. So I compete against these guys at Air Force, and the head coach is there, and I beat all the CSU guys. And the coach comes to me afterwards, and he's like, "We want you on the team. We're gonna make this happen. Get your transcripts done." So I go back to school and I go to the office and I do all the transcript stuff and I send it or they sent it to the recruiting office over at CSU. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, it's a done deal. I'm like, all right, no big deal. So I, and this is a life lesson for all you youngsters out there. Mm. I burnt every bridge with the existing track team. At Fort Hayes. Yes. They they had had some... The throws coach... Uh, I did shot, put, discus, and hammer. 
And the throws coach left, retired, because he was awesome. His name was Coach Crub. He was this little hunched over old man, and he was awesome. And he left, and they brought in this dude called, his name was something Andreas. He was Greek. He was cocky. He had one time almost made it to the Olympics. So he, he kind of So he that. totally made it and held it over your head. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, um, <laughs> So he was very picky with the athletes that he wanted to uh, train. Mm-hmm. And I was not one of those athletes. And that made me mad. Like, I was mad. I was yeah. like, dude, I walked onto this team. They gave me a scholarship after seeing what I can do. I've competed well for this team. Why are you all of a sudden ignoring me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just because he didn't like me. Or for some reason, he didn't approve of what I was doing. So he just didn't coach me. And that made me mad. So when the season was over, we filled out this little like survey of the team. It was like, how did you think your year went? Yeah. And I was like, Coach Andreas sucks. He didn't coach me at all. Blah, 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 blah. You know, twenty year old me thinking I'm going to a Division One school, which wasn't confirmed, by the way. Mm. So I burnt the bridge, uh, and I came home, and found out I wasn't going to CSU. Found out I wasn't welcome back on the track team at Fort Hayes. And rightfully so. I mean, I I should look. It was a life lesson learned the hard way. Totally. I I burned the bridges, and I should have I should have handled it better. Mm-hmm. But I was young and dumb and didn't. Well, and you've got, again, we're going back, you've got some great self-awareness. Maybe at the time you knew that too. For me, as a, I'm going to be honest with you, a lifelong couch potato. Right. Um, like, I tried out yeah. for things. Yeah. But I also have a real life understanding of what it is to make a team in terms of... If you've got the ability and a coach chooses to ignore you, however he decides to do that, at the end of the day, the only way that they've got money for the scholarship that they handed you is through the effort that you provided in tournaments after tournament after tournament. So there is no sport program, period, whatever sport that is, even if you're on the fucking Fort Hayes badminton team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a douchey thing. Yes, you burned your bridges, but even if you were a dick yeah. to the coaches, yeah. if, you, if it didn't affect your abilities, we're bringing you back because <laughs> yeah. we want the W. Yeah. We don't care about the toot. Well, and and that can be coached. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think and I think that that I think it's honorable to uh, to hold strong on. No, we don't want you on the team because your attitude sucks. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Like I think about okay. it this way: Bill Belichick. I hate the Patriots. Yeah, don't talk about him. I hate this. the Patriots. I do. Okay, I'm a Broncos fan, die hard. You do um, have the hat in I the do, studio. Tonight. I do. I my friend got me. I just bought my uh, a truck last year, and my friend got me a metal. Uh, Broncos head decal that sits in my tailgate hitch in the yeah. tow hitch. Yeah, in the back. And it's just beautiful. Isn't I'm it? like, and it's black. It matches the color. It's awesome. Anyway, you you have a sexy truck. Ew, dude. I just got it back from the shop because the last, I guess, like two two snowstorms ago, I hit a patch of ice and slid into a pole. Ooh. So I had to have like three thousand dollars worth of work done on the back of my the back end of my vehicle. Fuck. But luckily, that's why you have car insurance. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, pay the deductible. Done. Nice. Um, so anyway, I look at Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick is, like, he's a hard ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't put up with your bullshit. No. And if he, if you are, are case in point, Ty Law. 
Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't abide by the rules, if you, if he doesn't like your attitude, he'll let you know. And if you do it again, you're done. doesn't matter if it hurts the team. Obviously look at the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? With Butler sitting out. Was it Butler? Yeah, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. With Butler sitting out, it, they maybe could have turned the game. The tides would have been different had Butler been playing. But yeah, if he was on Julio Jones, or was it not Julio? Sorry, it were Al- Alshon Jeffries, yes. the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. It could have been a lot different. It could have been. So, yeah. anyway. No. Um, so, I respect the coach for sticking by that. And um, and I think that a lot of that, a lot of, as we'll, as I'll get to, a lot of, I think, football and that respect can tie into theater as well. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, we'll get there. Yeah. i got to stay on track. My brain is starting to Don't, go. It's get, it's, I'm going pingy. I'm going off the walls now. Hey, these are the so, best podcasts. <laughs> so, not going to Colorado State. Decide. Um, first class I ever failed was at the end of my junior year of college. Ever. Ever, ever, ever failed. And I didn't take it hard, but like the only reason I went to college was to play football. Mm-hmm. When I was done with that, it was track. When I was done with that, what was I... What was I doing there? I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy being in school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Same. So, and now we're getting on to the theater thing, finally. <laughs> 25 minutes into the podcast. 25 minutes and 40 seconds. We are finally getting on to why the ghost lights exist in the first place. So, all right. So, it was, it was, a, ser- it was, the do- it was a domino effect of events that brought me back to theater. Okay. So, I come back from school, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I had been coaching junior high track in my off time. Mm -hmm. So, I said, hey, I'll try coaching high school football. I played football. Why not? Yeah. I was doing football, coaching football, um, and I was living with a girl at the time. Mm -hmm. And when... So she and I had a, she, it was a terrible relationship. We were living together, but we were broken up and she was going out every night and I was going out every night. We'd come home and we'd fight and even, we weren't even together and, oh yeah, I know it was, dude, it was terrible. So, but at least you had a roof over your head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I come home one night and she's gone and all of her stuff is gone. And she was from Kansas. She lived in Kansas. She moved from Kansas here to live with me in Colorado. So I come home one night and she's just gone. She's gone and gone. Savage. And I'm like, okay, because she, she and my now sister-in-law were really, really close. So I was like, she's just over there at her place because mm-hmm. we fought earlier and she's just blown off steam. And my phone had died. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just go to bed. So I go to bed and phone, plug my phone in. I wake up in the morning. I check my phone. I've got like three voicemails. And they're all from her saying that she left. She packed her car and went back to Kansas. Damn. Yeah. So now I'm sitting in this apartment and in this terrible emotional state of what now because being young and being dumb, you know, I thought I loved her and I thought we were going to be together forever even though we pretty much hated each other. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I was literally living in the gym. I'd go to work. I'd wake up in the morning at five, go to work, go to the gym for like four hours to avoid being home. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'd finally get home and then I'd be miserable. So I'd get drunk and then I'd go to bed and I'd wake up and go to work and just rinse and repeat seven days. Well, five days a week on the weekends. But, Mm -hmm. um, 
And I remember getting this phone call, finally, 28 minutes in, we're to the point. I remember getting this phone call, and it was this guy, his name was Paul Edwards. Um, He and his wife were doing a show at my mom's church. And my mom was casting, or my mom was auditioning for the show. And it was a completely original show about, um, what was it? Uh, Noah's Ark. It was called Come Hell or High Water. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, did you get Noah? No, oh. no. Actually, uh, Leonard Barrett Jr. was Ooh. Noah. Ooh. Which was where I first met Leonard. Ballsy casting. Yeah, bro. Hell was, to the yeah. Uh, Big uh, ups to Leonard. Yeah, really. Fucking Porgy. And uh, there's a, a guy that works down at the, the DCPA, or used to. Mm. Deep. DPCA? I never know how to say it, right? DCPCPA? Yeah. So, who did a lot of the lighting and tech stuff. And he was running the lights, and he was, you know, setting all the lights up, and he was helping the set, and blah, blah, blah. So, I get this call from Paul, and I knew my mom was auditioning for the show, and she was really encouraging me to audition. And I was in such a bad place. I was I was emotionally not there, and I, I there was no direction. Like, I wasn't going back to school. I was working full-time, but, like, I just, I didn't know what I wanted. And, and I also happened to be sick at the time. Mm. And so he called me, the director slash writer called me and asked me to be a part of the show. And I was like, I can't, like, I, I am so sick. Like my audition will be useless. Like I can't show you anything good because I'm not healthy. And I just don't know. I, I, I didn't tell him that, but in my mind I was so lost. I didn't know what direction I wanted my life to go in. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, thank you, but I'm going to pass. You know, I'm going to try and figure some stuff out. So, jump forward, like, let's call it a month. Life is starting to get better. You know, we've, the, the girl is gone, gone, completely out of my life now. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to mentally and physically get better. And I realized, I remembered what it was like doing a show. Mm-hmm. And I remember how much fun it was. And I, and Haley had said this in her session mm-hmm. about, like, Johnson. You, Yes. yes. You really just meet some amazing people and you build some amazing relationships and you just have fun and you're all there together. Yeah. And I wanted that again. I at that that time I realized I was like I want to try it. I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So I called the guy up. And this is a month later. My mom got cast in the show and the show's already been cast. They've already started rehearsals. Yeah. And I called the guy up and I was like, "Hey, I know your show is cast already." But if there's literally anything I can do to help, if you want me to build sets, if you need me to move things, because I'm huge, that's pretty much the only reason I get cast is to move stuff or, or lift people or, or punch people or put makeup on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cast me. I'm, the, I'm your community grunt. Exactly. Yeah. So I called the guy and I was like, literally anything I can do to help you get your show where you want it, let me know. And I, I didn't, I wasn't saying put me in the show because it was already cast. Yeah. I know how that works. Yeah. But I was like, use me however you can. So a couple of days go by and he calls me back and he's like, it just so happens that one of the roles we were thinking of you, thinking for you, the guy had to leave. And it was weird because it was like he had to go to like the Middle East for, he worked in oil. And so wow. like he just all of a sudden had to pack up his life and go. Holy shit. And so he's like, uh, if you want the role, it's yours. And I was like, dude, let's do this, man. You know, I was pumped. And so Paul and Jeannie Edwards 
are the reason I got back into theater. Mm. I get my talent and my love of theater from my mom because she had done she's she was uh, she did a bunch of stuff in the seventies off Broadway. Mm. She has a whole notebook of all of these shows she did. Nice. Um, so and I get probably I get my talent from her as well. You definitely get your looks from her. Huh, oh, I look like my dad, so I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. And even then, I... I was trying to say I'm that much, you're a beautiful man. I'm much larger than my father, so it's kind of funny that... we The, the running joke is always that I was like the mailman, the mailman's kid. You know what I mean? I'm seven inches, uh, eight inches taller than my father. And I outweigh him easily by 170 pounds. I am the tallest man in my family, in my bloodline, by about six inches. I'm six foot two. <sighs> yeah. I'm not that big. Yeah. But that, like, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. So. Anomalies. I, yeah, I know. Totally. One full moon, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I. He rings twice. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, oh, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I get, I get into the show, and I'm, I'm super pumped about it. And I was probably a little young to be playing the role that I was playing, but it was again, it was a church community production. It's so the best way to get experience. Yeah. So I do this show, and it just immediately like lights the fire. Uh, when I, when I was in college, our offensive line coach, hmm. his his phrase was. Light a fire under your ass. Or light a fire, light your balls on fire, is what he always said. Light your balls on fire, boys! We'd yeah. go out, we'd start hitting shit, you know what I mean? So, of course. So, uh, it, it just, it lit that fire for me. And it started as a candle, and as the show progressed, and the director, Paul, was like, you should look into like doing more theater. And they hooked me up. They, they set me up with an audition for Performance Now Theater Company. Hmm. For crazy for you. So I'd already done the show when I was in high school, so I was familiar with the piece. Nice. And he was like, "You, you, you, really should continue doing theater. I think it would be, I think you have something that you could really find would help you, mm-hmm. you know, and and you could really use talent wise in the future." So I got the audition, and uh, probably for a solid like two or three years, I went to them for audition help. I went there and they were like, let's do this song for your audition. This is the show you're auditioning for? Sweet. Let's do this audition piece. It's great. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that was 20... That was 2009? 2008? Mm-hmm. 2008. And it has been literally nonstop since 2008. And here we are in 2018. So I've been going for strong for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So... So yeah, I've got a question for you then. Yeah. Which is great because I, I'm hosting a podcast and now I do is ask questions. <laughs> um, you say to me as you sit down here in the studio, it's a hobby. Yeah. In 2008, when you bump into this church, what what sparked the fire under your satchel? Was it just, I've got an outlet for some of this creative energy? Or was it something else? Well, it was very well. It. It, it very well could have been something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I said, I was so just floating. I was so stuck in um, pain. Yes. What is in limbo? I was stuck in limbo. Nice. I didn't know what, where to go mm. or what to do. And then I started having these memories of, of how much fun I had doing musical theater 
And when I the first show I ever did, I was just ensemble. And I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I just knew I wanted to do it. So I continued to do it and and that was that was where it started was I wanted I wanted that again. Mm-hmm. I had I almost had a hunger for the challenge and a hunger for the the people and the experience and just doing something new and challenging myself. And then I continued to do that. And then I did it more and then I did it more. And then I just, it like it snowball totally yeah. like in Willow when Val Kilmer and Warwick, Warwick Davis. Yeah. They're falling, you know, and mm-hmm. they slide down the hill and yeah. Val Kilmer makes the giant. I love that movie. Willow. I had hey. to, Give me a sword. I'll do this floor for you. <laughs> Melanie would be very proud that I used, uh, brought, somehow made Willow into the podcast. But um, <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. And so I, I, really, uh, I really do think that, that uh, theater really, in essence, kind of saved my life. Because oh, yeah. I was, I got, when I was breaking up, when I broke up with that girl and I was mm-hmm. still kind of trying to figure shit out. Before I got into that show, I remember being borderline suicidal about wow. how torn up I was about this girl. And that's not something I tell, have ever really told anybody. But well, thank you. I'm 32, like, and I was 22 at the time. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, it was it was dumb, but like I still had that. Dude. I was dangerously close to to that point in my life. So I actually could probably say that. In essence, theater kind of really put my life back on track. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you, and 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 it's only because of this. I mean, so often, in, in, in as I've if I, as I have experienced theater, I have been told to live in the moment. Yeah. So often, because yeah. you cannot predict the next moment. Absolutely. If you feel, and if you're just listening at home. If you just feel like the next moment is just more pain and you believe that suicide is your best bet to avoid that, that's, that's, let's, let's be real. That's your life. That, let's take it all. Like, that is the whole of your existence. If you can't see beyond the next thing, yeah, don't ever... Don't ever call that into question. I, as a person who, as a 34-year-old man, still suffers from depression. Yeah. Like, I I get that feel. Yeah. Like, I was... Like, my favorite story, sharing a story with a man that you know. We did Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad mm-hmm. Zoo, mm-hmm. directed by Richard yeah. Cowden. Yeah. I'm holding a gun in my hand. In one night in rehearsal, this small... Small, tiny voice in the way back of my brain says, if you had had this seven years ago, you wouldn't be here. I'm holding a prop that will never fire. And this tiny voice hits me. And then for the next two weeks as I'm working on the show, I'm reeling. I'm terrified of working that scene. I'm terrified of that next moment because it reminds me of that shit that I've carried all this time, like, it's real. Some of us handle it in different ways. We escape to booze. Yeah. We escape to drugs. We escape to 
the gym for yeah. four hours more yeah. at a night because we hate the reflection. We hate the voices that we yeah. hear inside our own brains. Yeah. It's not stupid. We don't know if there's a tomorrow. Absolutely. It, so, that, I mean, I don't want to hammer that home, but I mean, like, if we're living for the moment, then fucking grind it. Ride it out as best you can. Because, shit, it's, it's real and it's ours, and while it may not be a third world problem that we're particularly dealing with, yeah. it's still real. Absolutely. And we got to find a way to move, keep those feet moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, and I think, it's it's important. And, and again, I keep going back to this thing about building strong relationships. Mm-hmm. And and you you just theater the theater family that you create every show. You you can't. It's hard to describe. It's hard to to compare that to something else. Mm-hmm. You know and. I say it's hard to compare it, but I'm going to compare it. It, it, it. Being on the football team and being in the trenches every day, mm. getting beat up and you're bleeding and sweating with these guys, you know, um, it's the same in theater. You're, mm. you're all in it for the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And that is to put on the best possible show that you can put on. Absolutely. And to, to, to follow up on, on the thoughts that we were just discussing, it's for me personally, I value the relationships I build with the people I do shows with because I want people to know that if they need somebody to talk to, if they need like, like they just need a night out or they need to play video games or go to a movie or anything Mm. to help them. It's like, talk to me. I want to be that for you. I want to be there for people, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, I think that it's important to build relationships like that with people so that they can trust in you and, and trust you to, mm-hmm. to be confidential and to, to discuss tough topics and yeah. not just be a surface friend, be a, be a legitimate, Did, like, let me please help you if you need it, friend. I would say a friend that digs deeper beyond the question of, so what's next for you? Yeah. I know that you've made mention of that before, and mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't remember if it was Haley or James that had brought that up. I did my homework. I told you I did my homework. I I'm listened glad to you did. Thank most you. of your podcast. I listened to really only the people I've worked with slash know really well. They, it's but <laughs> so I'm working my way through. But I started with those. Get ones. your get your feet wet any way you can. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. subscribe. <laughs> hey, I'm following you on the Podbean, my man. The Ghost Lights Podcast on the Podbean. That's right, baby. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. That's our first duet. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very good. No, oh, it was great. All right, thank you. So, uh, things got real serious for a minute there. It did. Whew. But hey, this is the best. It's, Hell yeah. It's the best conversation. Hey, listen, two artists having a microphone in between them and... For the moment, a an alcoholic beverage yeah, allows yeah. a lot of pontificating that can border on pretentious. Yes. And I'm fully aware that there are a million, zillion podcasts yeah. skipping the billions and the trillions of course. in the world. And I want mine to be as real as possible. Because, I mean, as actors, as artists of any... 
of any forum, whatever your medium is, if it's stage, if it's canvas, or it's sound. Absolutely. Yeah. There is, as I've encountered, a desire to express what it is that's inside them and present that to people so that hopefully they're understood better. Yeah. And thusly they can make more sense of themselves. Never should we approach the art as therapy, but we should be aware of its healing abilities. Well, and I think I think that there is something therapeutic about our art of mm-hmm. being on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I, I can equate it to that there are there were days when only going to the gym. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There were only days that going to the gym could satisfy what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. That was my outlet. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now it's it's I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna hit my script, and then I'm gonna go to rehearsal, and I want to do the damn thing. Yeah, bullets you know? over Broadway. Bullets over Broadway opens April thirteenth. I looked it up beforehand, and it is April thirteenth, Friday, April thirteenth. And it runs through May twenty seventh. Who do you play in Bullets Over Broadway? I'm Cheech. You're Cheech. Cheech the gangster. You son of a bitch! Yeah. I read for you. <laughs> I read for you. You know what, John Ashton? Eat it. I don't understand what you did. You went for the you went for the more handsome guy. I get what you did. Not at all. He just went for the sheer. You were out of town or busy, and I had to read for you at auditions. Yeah, I don't know. About it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, suck at singing, so I'm glad you're in. Well, there's <laughs> not. I mean, really though, it's there's a difference. Like there's some shows where you like you need beautiful singing, and then there's some shows where you can get away with like a character singing. Do exactly. You know what I mean, like no, it doesn't have to be perfect. No, it doesn't have to be perfect because the character's there. But if you can have T.J. Hogle in a musical, I you mean, should you should put him in that musical. It's like the only reason I do musicals is to sing. <laughs> okay, but. Which is funny. Why do you do porn? Uh, so I can sing. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's only for like 10 seconds at the end. <laughs> Talk about an O-Face. Oh. Wow. You know, I gotta tell you, it's getting really inappropriate. And we should probably dial it back a notch. <laughs> or not. Let's go! <laughs> the spring break... Bonanza. Ooh, so it begins. I am glad that I'm the one that's kicking it off. I'm or, really glad you're here. Um, I, I think um, one of the things for me is like I've, for two reasons. One, as a man who used to coach football, right. the first time I saw you, I thought, holy fuck, why is he in theater? Yeah. Um, because I see a guy... We're not just we're not we're not bluffing here. You're right. a couple inches taller than me. You've got more muscle tone. If you wanted to say spend your weekends and your mornings at the gym, you could be in James Harrison shape in probably less than a year. I would assume if it was if I was like let's say I was doing a movie role mm-hmm. and Hugh Jackman gets just stupid jacked for the used to yeah. get stupid jacked for the Wolverine, right? Um, but that requires like two two times a day at the gym, yeah. strict diet, you know, personal trainer, all these things. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got a wife. I'm, a, I'm married. I have a full time job. I work a lot of theater, sometimes too much at, at a time. At a time, agreed. Last year I did three shows on top of each other, and it 
nearly killed me. Mm, I'm so glad you're alive. <sighs> Thank you. No problem. I did. I was doing three shows, and <laughs> I was. It literally was weekends doing one show, then three days I was rehearsing for one another show. Then I'd be back doing the other show, but I would also be working a forty-hour plus week job and coaching track. <clears throat> I was coaching track at the same time. So I went straight from work to coaching track and track got done at like five and I'd get home at like five fifteen, five thirty, and then I'd have to be at rehearsal by seven and then rehearsal was from seven to ten and then I'd go home and go to bed and rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. And it was for three shows I did that. <laughs> so when Damn. I when I said yes to doing all those shows, Melanie was like, uh do you hate me? <laughs> and I was like, oh. no, I just love theater, even though it might end my life early. <laughs> I forget where we started with that topic. Um, no, so I was telling you about like, so in so yes, if you applied yourself, you yeah. could be in great fucking shape. Yeah. Which is to say, you are not already in at least decent uh. shape. I should be, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're still you're still gigantic with large hands, and we all know it's what that true. means. It's big true. gloves, I big do. baseball they gloves, are, which is funny because my I have small uh, pinky and thumbs. That's probably so for gloves, the best. Gloves don't fit me very well. Really? I always have like the little tabs at the end of the thumb. The nubbins, uh, gloves. yeah, nubbins. And I wear gloves on a daily basis at work. And just like, um, dang just, it! <laughs> just, I'll help you with that. Put some tissue paper in hey. those fingers. That way you're there and you can still get some kind of malleability. There you go. Um, All right. All so, right. to get to the point, yes. the crux of our of this particular part of the conversation, you being a large person right. in the right ways, um, maybe that's harsh. We'll say the healthier choices. Well. Um, I'm trying to be as PC as pop- possible because I don't want to get fired. Um, but, so, that's my first encounter with you. It was like... I yeah. think I walked in and I saw you in a musical and I was like, hey, Peter, who the yeah. fuck is that? Yeah. Because he's gigantic. <laughs> yeah, Sam, I'm trying to watch the musical. No, I know Peter, but he's huge. No, shut up. Answer my question. Yeah, <laughs> answer my question. Um, and then we, and then I think me and you got um, tipsy at a party at Haley's yep, house. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, um, big ups to Hales Johnson because that was fun. Um, well, and she's pretty much a terrible person anyway, so. Well, sarcasm! Hashtag sarcasm, everybody. Just so you know. Hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought this is a person if he applied himself. And, I, and I've thought this about a lot of people in my walk of life, which shows you how sometimes limited my scope is when I look at somebody. Well. Um, if they applied, I, see, I use the word applied themselves to... An, an avenue that could end with millions of dollars. Yeah. That you are here in this community, thriving, I would say, making making your heart sing louder than the dollars could ever have done so is really cool. Yeah. That's, it's, it, I would say the vast majority of us never get into this thinking that I'm going to make it big. Yeah. But it speaks to a part of me that keeps me either sane or happy or healthy in, in some variation of that. And, and, and to dive into that and to still carry what you carry on top of that outside of it. Because it's not just a hobby. Yeah. It's a, 
I use the term calling. Right. It, for me, am I going to like, am I going to quit my job for anything? No. I will quit it for a, a job that pays better twice exactly. a week. Exactly. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. But at the meantime, I'm I'm yours at 5 p.m., baby. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll. And I think a lot of us actors in this community are that. I mean, I, I can't say especially for any particular theater company. So I won't do that. But I mean, I mean, kudos. Thank you. You 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 took a route as a football player to being in track to finding out that those weren't fulfilling, the location wasn't fulfilling. What was working for me? What makes me feel good? Yeah. I'm not in the best place. Listen, I'll go into the base. I'll go into the basement. Yeah. Let me into the basement. Yeah. I'll 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 fucking. I'll fucking bring you coffee before rehearsal, sir, and then go away. If that's what it took. And then get into and turn that into <clears throat> a nightly thing. Yeah. That's that goes to grit, determination, and talent. Yeah. Thank and you. So, yeah. Thank you very much. No, pre- big ups. Because yeah. Because that's not easy. No. To find that to find that map is never easy. No. And I think I think that uh, I remember uh, having this conversation with a guy that I work with who doesn't I work with guys that are very like manly. You know mm. what I mean? Like they don't get theater. Not like screw theater. There's like I don't what is that? I don't Explain know what, that is. what you mean. Well go into go you, into you, detail. You know, um when I when I was first started working, um, was right around the same time I started getting in these shows mm. and I would be like, Hey, you know, last night I was out until twelve o'clock because I had it was tech week. Yeah. You know, we were we were stuck in tech doing this, and I didn't get home until midnight, and, you know, that's why I'm so tired today. They're like, I don't know what tech is. What does tech week mean? That's, that means yeah. nothing to me. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. I think it's when you add the, the lights and the sound and the thing and the costumes and the yeah. stage. Do you remember like, that week before the season start? We call it hell week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we call... It's 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 comparable to, like, two-a-days. Yes. For football. Yes, you it know is. what I mean? Um, but it's they, practice in the morning and the afternoon for the novice at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny because when I started doing theater with the guys I work with, it was very like, okay, whatever, I don't know what that means. And now, on a almost a daily basis, they're like, what are you working on now? Like, what's nice. next? Yeah. What show are you? What show are you doing now? And it's so funny um, that that's how it's it's progressed. Is that it's they're they're now more knowledgeable about the theater world than they would have been beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and, and it, to, to go back to what you had mentioned, it's, it's very difficult in this town to survive doing shows. Yeah. It's very hard to make decent, decent enough money to live without just completely killing your schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, anybody that, that has no, everybody knows somebody in this town that has tried to do only theater as a life mm-hmm. and it's very difficult you know and it and for me you know i listen to the to the people that you that are on your podcast and i know you yourself have done um bigger bigger avenues of theater you know uh whether it be arvada or bd bdt betsy well B- betc right or betsy i'm talking this boulder BDT, dinner yeah boulder dinner theater oh, okay BDT sorry and stage i have not done there but the yes. stage according to tim howard oh <laughs> Um, let, let me just say, um, <laughs> fuck Tim Howard. He, oh, come on. I love oh, that guy. I love, I love that guy. I love that guy, too. 
He know if he ever listens to this, he knows. Yeah, we love the Irish oh, fire. Oh yeah, dude. All right. So uh, it, I, I have always wanted to. There came a time in my life where I had to draw the line mm. of. I wanted. I wanted to. I want to do Arvada Center. I want to do BDT. I want to do the Denver Center. But it's hard because I have a. I have a forty plus hour a week job that keeps me occupied during the day and I can't yeah. can't commit to uh, uh, let's rehearse for two and a half weeks or however long they rehearse for or three weeks mm, or whatever it changes you know, plenty of hours you know um, and then open a show and run for 11 million years and I think it's awesome but it's it's just not something I I can yeah. do personally mm-hmm. you know and so I thrive on the town halls on the backstage Breckenridge on the performance nows on the vintage on yeah. Um, uh, Kelly Van Osbury has a company up in Brighton called um, Platte Valley Players I always want to say Brighton on Broadway which is a fundraiser she does anyway uh, Platte Valley Players in Brighton like I survive off of those little shows and and it is just a passion it's never about uh, sometimes it's about a paycheck sometimes you take a show because you're like hey I'm going to get paid a little bit more and that's awesome because yeah. I, you get to get paid to do what you love. Yeah, and like that is so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. It, you you go through hell sometimes doing a show, mm-hmm. whether it be personally, physically. Uh, the worst. Some of the shows I have been the closest to quitting theater overall are when it's like everything is against you. Mm-hmm. You're not healthy, but you have five shows a week. And you, you, you have to overcome all of these things. And it's just like, I can't do this. I'm tired. Like, it's beating me up. It's wearing me down. Mm-hmm. But it always pays off. It always pays off when the audience applauds. And mm-hmm. you get that one person out of every ten shows that you do. The one person comes up and says, man. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was so awesome. Yeah. Thank you for... Oh, we love your voice. We love what you did. Yeah. We love your character. Whatever they say, mm-hmm. like that is the payout for me. Yeah. You know, the money. I always tell people this: the money is solely just a bonus to doing what we what I do, what we do. Yeah. You know, in, in my life, in my circumstances, it is it is solely a bonus to. Doing already doing something that I love, yeah. and it's it's just so awesome. It and it's it's it, I, I was intimidated to come on this podcast because you have had all these people on here that have these amazing theater backgrounds and these amazing theater knowledge, and I like I don't have that. You know what I mean? Everything I learned about theater was experience. I had I did show after show after show after show in the ensemble, and I just took it in. I just took in everything I could. I learned as much as I could, the the do's and the don'ts. Yeah. You know, and and I just like that's my background. My background is just do it. Just get your hands on it. Get dirty. Just do it. And it it I was really intimidated to come on here. I feel like I'm really bouncing off the walls now. No, keep going. But anyway, um. And, and and I I get intimidated in in situations where I'm surrounded by like amazing talent, and I remember doing uh, when I did Avenue Q at Town Hall a few last year. It was the 
like sixth time it had been done in town, eighth time it had been done in town, and most of the characters had played it in almost every production. Uh, most of the people, sorry, not the characters, characters in every show. Most of the people had done it in every production, and I was the new guy. I had never done puppet work. I had never done the show. Mm-hmm. I had seen the show. And I remember being in rehearsal and just, like, being overwhelmed, you know? And I'm, I'm a large man. Like, I don't, I'm not intimidated, but I totally was intimidated, yeah. you know? And it's scary. It's scary to, to, I don't think, I don't put myself here on a high pedestal. You know, I put myself, like, down here, you know, with, with like, the common folk of theater. Um, and, and I, I just, like, I, was, I just get so intimidated. I said it the other night to, um to John Ashton at rehearsal. Mm. And I was like, Damon Gracio and Maggie Tizil and Mary McGrory. Ugh, Mary McGrory. And I'm like, I'm surrounded by this talent. And like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I'm, I don't belong here. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> it's like, I'm just the big dude in the background. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm, I'm the Shrek. I'm the young hey, Frankenstein. Hey, I'm the no, toxic Avenger. Fuck like, that shit. You fucking cheat, okay? <laughs> just cheat. Just cheat. <laughs> <laughs> um, not miss the cheech just cheech just cheech no oh, yes. yeah. now I gotta see it you're a fucking yeah. cheech I gotta go <laughs> it's uh when do you open we open April 13th bullets over Broadway two days before tax day get yeah. those tickets yeah and do your taxes because you know do your taxes too the law real talk yeah real talk <sighs> yeah so sorry for being all over the place no fuck it it's great this, I, but this is me like I just just go. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do. Um, now, this, it, the honesty is real. Like I'm the same way. Like I here's the truth about Sam Gilstrap. I love talking a big game in front of other actors. Yeah. I love sounding like I'm a know-it-all. Yeah. Or at the very least, sounding confident. That's usually what I go for. I sound confident in yada yada yada. Um, when I showed up to be an understudy for bus stop at the Arvada Center and then eventually to be in Waiting for Godot right. with Sam Gregory and Timothy McCracken and Sean Scrutchins and Josh Grubbs, like, I was like, I don't know if I belong here. Dude. I don't know if I belong here. I'm telling you. really don't know. <laughs> um, my follow-up audition to the Arvada Center, yeah. that sheds a lot of shadow over if I belong there or not. Um, but... When I started acting, I did it because it provided, it gave voice to something I didn't know needed to speak. And then from there, I I wasn't told I, I wasn't bad at it. Right. And for the vast majority of my life, in a lot of the things that I chose to do, I chose to be a football player. And I realized, no, I don't have the stomach for this nonsense. Right. I love the game. I, I, I can't play it. I tried to coach the game, and I was like, to be great at coaching, I need to shut so many other avenues of my life down to be just this. Absolutely. And I don't want to do that. Yep. When I got in, when I, when I was doing theater, though, and at the time, if I was coaching later into my life, I was still doing theater, I still felt like, I could be me. Yeah. There was... Something was coming out. I was getting that release and I was feeling good about myself and at the end of the day, if I got lucky, if I got lucky, somebody would be pleased with my performance. Absolutely. 
and and while that to a degree in and of itself is an insecure feeling needing hoping that somebody is touched by your work it was still better than hating myself to the point where I needed to shut off the rest of the world so I could be the best coach I could possibly be, to be the best blah, blah, blah I could possibly be. Whereas theater allowed me to be the best man I could be. The person. And that stays prevalent to this day. I go back to school. I'm taking classes now because I know I've been doing this for more than 10 years but I'm not at the top. No. Then yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be at the top. I, I would like to, I would like to keep getting work. Yes, is the absolutely. is the crux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want to get work. Am I taking a class at the Denver Center? Yes. Am I taking with? Am I taking that class taught by people who are at the top in my mind? Sure. But I'm there because if CSF won't have me, if the Arvada Center won't have me, if Firehouse won't have me. Somebody might. Yeah. We work our way down the line to keep getting work to keep telling our stories. Because if we didn't have that outlet to some degree, it would be much harder to go through the day. <clears throat> we study... As actors, we are observers. Maybe not scientists of the human condition, but observers of the human condition. And we see more of ourselves in other people than we do an average of the humanity. A mean. Yeah. And so we bite into it any way we can. Any way that it'll have us. I think. Well, and what you're doing is you're trying to make yourself better. By taking the classes. By by doing those things. You know? And I, I think that... It's so easy to just sit idly by. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, bro. I'm sorry. More firehouse. <laughs> it's 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 too easy to sit. Here's and and and, and I I feel bad. I, I immediately said it and I felt bad. You were like, uh, I'm not the best. Blah blah blah. I was like, no. And I was like, I didn't mean that he's not the best. What I meant was mm. that. And hopefully you didn't take it that way. I didn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Good. The listeners will know. Wait a second. It. Did you put yeah. me down? <laughs> no, 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 no. Get that's out of here. Leave say. the whiskey. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say is that that's not what I meant. What I meant was, in my experience, it, from what I've seen, and it comes from all facets of life, not just theater, mm. but theater applies as well, that you will never be the best. Mm. If you achieve being the best, you mm. won't stay there long. Because somebody will will surpass you somehow, and I, I look at that in uh, what it, really what that it comes down to is like track and field. Hmm. You look at like oh, shot, yeah. shot put was my event. I love shot put. I still to this day I coached. Uh, this is my first year not coaching track in quite a while, wow. and uh, I, I look at that and I'm like, you can be the best shot putter one year. You know, you can be the best there is. Nobody can touch you. The following year, a dude beats you. Like you were only the best for so long. But what do you do? Do you get defeated by that? No. No. You challenge yourself and you push yourself to move farther and move back to the top. And the only way to do that is through training, is through experience, is through knowledge. Knowledge is power, man. And if back to the theater, if 
if you know you feel if you don't feel confident in one way, uh, let's for me personally, it's like dancing. Mm. I move well. I'm not a dancer. Same by any means. Uh, Same. It, then go take a dance class. Yeah. If you it, you know if you don't feel confident as a singer, go take some some voice lessons. Challenge yourself. Push yourself. Like really put yourself out there and 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 try to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. And nobody. If you are the best, you're not going to be there long, and it's and I think it, don't it, get married to the idea. No, yeah. Well, because if you think you're the best, then there's a whole list of things that are going to hurt you as well. Your attitude, mm-hmm. being cocky, yeah. you know, you you think you're better than, and I'm not. This has I'm not referring to anybody. I'm just saying in general, like no. it's being humble is has an impact. Yeah, not only on you but as a whole. Yeah. <clears throat> It's just be just be aware. Like, I I think this we were talking earlier about living for the moment yeah. because we don't know what's coming next. Absolutely. So, in that same vein, I think the idea of being the best at anything is laughable because we all know none of us are immortal. Yeah. Absolutely. At some point we die. So thusly, there will people there will be somebody who comes in after us yeah. that could potentially take away that throne. Absolutely. If we're looking at sports as a template. Absolutely. If we're looking at acting, we here in Colorado we have the Henrys. Yeah. In New York they got the Tonys. Yeah. Chicago might, Chicago has its own uh version. I of course forget what it is. Yeah. If every, you're, everybody has their own. Yeah, if you you're know? if you're in porn, there's an award show there every absolutely year. Absolutely is, yeah. You may be the best right now, yeah. but there's somebody coming up behind you, no pun intended, AVN, <laughs> to take ah. the throne. Well, and think and if you're sorry. if you're no, it's fine. If you're if you're focused on and this is the thing that I struggle with the most. I as a as a man that came up in sports, that's what cultivated my idea of what me life is kind of about is like striving for greatness and success and to be always doing something yeah um you you get you you just get pigeonholed into this idea that i gotta work really hard so that everyone in the room knows that i'm better than them and that's not what the art is about not at all yeah not at all and i and and i'll be the first to say I suck at that. I suck at separating that that hungry voice from the voice that's just saying, "Hey man, at least you're here. Do your best." But sometimes things in life happen that knock you down a few pegs. Truth. And and my example of that um is when I auditioned for a show and I in my mind I was like this part is mine. There is nobody else that can do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. This is mine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get the role. Mm. And I was pissed. I still got the show, but I didn't get the role I wanted. And I remember being like, this is bullshit. This was my role. I had this. What was this director thinking? Blah, blah, blah. And then we got into doing the show. <clears throat> and I watched the man that got cast in the role that I wanted. And he, what he did was so different and so much better than what I would have done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, it, it knocked me back a few pegs. And it, 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 would, it humbled me to the point of being like, wow, like I, I need to do some things. Like mm-hmm. I need to better myself. I'm not this level that I thought I was. I need to work harder. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that it's, it's important to, I think being humble is important in all aspects of life. Yeah. I think especially, it's especially important in theater. Um, I think that if you're, if you're cocky, if you're hard to work with, it's like rule number one. If you're hard to work with, you're not going to get cast. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. No one's going to want to work with you if you're a dick. Yeah. And again, that's not aimed at anybody in particular. That's just... But I'm thinking of people. I'm thinking of you. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, me. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I, we've never been on stage together. Yet. Yet. There will be a time. I do... Uh, I, I know that you do more straight plays, and I want to be... I want to do more straight plays. Mm. Because... Um, I think Please don't, because you're going to be in competition with me. Ah, but it's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm Lenny in Up Mice and Men, and I'm you know cop number four mm. in this show. Yeah. You know what I mean? In yeah. musical theater, I can cheat the system because of my voice, to an extent. It is heavenly. Thank you. Um, but but at the same time, like my size totally works against me. I'm you in know? the same boat now. And, but at the same time, like, I've but accepted that. Reasons. I you know like pizza I mean? more than you like Bro, I gym. love pizza. Should, I we order, I should, should we order a pizza? I want pizza, but I'm okay right now. All right, we might I, order a pizza. I had some pho a little while Ooh, ago. Oh, I pho, love yeah. pho. Pho, yeah. <laughs> so, Hashtag pho, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yo, funny story. Uh, when I lived up north in Thornton, uh, right next to the, where the Cowdens used to live, uh-huh. uh, down the street there was this place. It was a pho place, and it was called Pho China. Pho China. Pho China. Okay. Oh wow. Pho China. Yeah. Oh no. Pho China. Yeah. 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 And it was like there for a while, and I was like, "How do you get by with this restaurant right uh, now?" Like, <laughs> hey, hey, TJ, what are you eating tonight? Pho China. Yeah, you are. Oh. Especially if you've been drinking, you slur it a little bit. I just, uh. I just gonna go have some vagina. <laughs> uh, uh, Wait, what? F- I'm gonna have for 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 China. I don't. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's always important to enunciate. Yes. Ugh. And as actors, we should know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I struggle sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard because you you know the script you know the words you know the lyrics know you what know saying. what you're saying yeah. you know the, the audience might there's a balance between being over enunciated and being just enough for absolutely. people to understand what you're saying absolutely and it's it's hard you know it's hard like it's it's really hard when you you've worked really hard on a show and you get you the show's over and somebody that you know and trust has seen the show and they come to you be like I couldn't understand Anything. You're like, no, we worked so hard on that. No, God. And it's it's like, fuck, now we have to work harder on that. Like, it's, yeah. there's, I love theater. I love theater so much. It's really what it comes down to. I, I just, it, nothing makes me happier than being on stage and being away from the stage. You, you get the itch, you get the, mm-hmm. like, it's almost an addiction. 
Yeah. It's almost an addiction. Like you. Why do you think this podcast exists? Shh, I'm not doing bro. stage work. If I were doing stage work, <laughs> would I have time for this bullshit? I, no, no. no. <laughs> would have time for this? Are you kidding me? Let's be very real. Oh man, the Ghost Lights podcast exists because I don't have any work besides my day job right now. Well, but you I know, need to occupy my pain with something. But the but the day job gives you the possibility of doing theater. Truth, you, you know. What and I, mean? I love doing this. I mean, because outside of the what should happen more often, a Richard Cowden gathering. Yes. Speaking of which, you need to get him on this thing. Oh no, he's going to be on. Oh, I've already talked to him. Man, he was that's what he it was is. in he was in rare form on St. Patty's Day. <laughs> but I can't. This podcast doesn't happen, I don't think, without ever crossing his path. Yeah, absolutely not. I, uh, yeah, I mean, just as a person, he's helped me. Oh, and well, and I only, I only, I only know him. I the first, when I met him, I was doing a show with him. Yeah, uh, which is also where I met my wife, and that's why I met her was because he knew her. Hey, big ups. It worked out well for me. Hey, cheers, because you're married. Hey, oh. Hold on to her like Clank. grim death. You know, I don't, I don't really give her much choice. She's, she's pretty much stuck. Mm. She, definitely, she definitely settled, that's for sure. Well, you, she's, she settled on amazing. Hey, papa. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, so I, I only know Rich from doing the show with Rich and then being his neighbor because I met my wife and she lived like two apartments over and so I parked with him all the time all the time and so I only know him in that capacity mm-hmm. you know I don't know him from uh, from the standpoint of that she knows him or that we'll you know him or that James yeah yeah, yeah. you know um, but he's I gather he it, it's he's magnetic it, for me it's so hard to talk to him because he's so smart about theater mm. and I just look at him and I'm like yeah, that's yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. That's to, that's totally what we should do. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I'm dumb. My dumb brain can't follow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, he's he should be on here. I think. I think he. I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing the genius that is Richard Gowden. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. We. Yeah. I don't. I feel like we've been pretty all over the place tonight. That's fun. I know it's awesome. It's a conversation. It's awesome. Like this is, this is the, the how I am. It's it makes sense for me, you know. People can sit here and be like, theater this and theater that. Well, I mean, let, let let's let's break it down. I think for about fifty to forty five minutes, we talked about how you got in into the True. reasons why. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we evolved into talking about our egos in regards to what what it is that we do. I think so. Yeah. And from there, we've kind of talked about everything. We've thrown in football. We've thrown yeah. in Richard Cowden. Yep. We've thrown in comic books. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're touching on all the palettes. Speaking of comic books. Yes, sir. Let's talk about Infinity War. Are we excited? Oh, uh, my God. Yes. Hell to the yeah. I feel like Oprah. I just want to give everybody, like, you get an Infinity War. And you get an Infinity War. And you get an Infinity War. Hey, it's for everyone. Oh, it looks so good. The it, part, the part, have you seen the trailer? Yes. Oh, uh, the part where uh, Thanos, uh, Captain America grabs Thanos' glove. Oh, oh I know it. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they're both struggling. Ooh. It, it got done. I, I was at work. Uh, I was at work and I watched it. And I was like, whoo. Oh, oh my god! And I watched it again. 
Yeah. And then I had the same reaction, so I watched it a third time, and then I realized I should probably get back to work. But uh, well, hey, it's only about two minutes. If <laughs> True. You, if, I didn't, if your break is only seven minutes long, I feel bad for I, you. Yeah, well, it's not. Okay, good. But I didn't, I didn't waste that much time. Good. Anyway, uh, but super excited for uh, mm-hmm. Infinity War. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I, here's my thing. It's like, I, I've got friends who are not into theater, who never read comic books, who see all these comic book movies being made, and they're like, I, I'm just over it. I'm yeah. like, well, you're over it because when you were reading books, you were reading books. You weren't reading graphic novels. You weren't reading comic books. You don't have a, a buy-in to yeah. these characters. For me, on, on the Avengers tip alone, I think the only character I related to was Tony Stark because of his separation. Yeah. His, his ego and money. I can be in a suit and fight crime. Which is one of the reasons why I bought into Batman. Um, and then we, and, and through watching these movies, it's, it's kind of evolved through that. And I, I really care how the story ends. I really love what, um, Chris Evans. Yes. Chris Evans uh, has done. Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he's done as Captain America. Um, from a guy who used to be the human torch to be Captain America, to present this character of like this, this we'll say quintessential American Waking up in the 2000s being like, what is America now? Yeah. Trying to answer that question on a in a universal level. And I don't mean like the universal we as in the globe, but I mean as the universe. What Stephen Hawking, rest in peace, would be all about. Big ups to <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Um, so I mean, that's... It's just, it's just exciting. Um, what, what are you... Did you see... Let me first ask this question. Did you see Black Panther? I did. Did you love Black Panther? Uh, I, I thought it was okay. Tell I me thought, why you thought it was okay. I thought... Um, first off... I did not like Michael B. Jordan's character. Here's... And here's why. Tell me. And here's why. And everyone's gonna wanna say, It's cause he's black, right? No, it has nothing to do with color, people. If I cut off the interview now, yes, they would say it's because he's black. <laughs> They would absolutely be like, whoa, racist asshole. TJ Hogle's racist. <laughs> Tune into the podcast. No, 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 no. And here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Michael P. Jordan is supposed to be this badass, like, black ops, spec ops, like, you know, crazy dude mm-hmm. that does all this stuff. But he's still just as hood as everybody else. It's like, no, 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 no. If you're over doing all these crazy, awesome, like, spec ops missions. Mm-hmm. They teach you respect. They teach you to to behave a different way. Mm. And he, it, it was, it was like they. It, this is gonna sound really bad. I don't mean it this way, but it was like literally, they they almost tried to make him like straight off the streets. And it's like, yes, that's his where he started, right? Mm. He did it as a character. That's where he started. He started on the streets, and I understand his motivation. His dad was killed. And it's like his motivation for the whole movie was to grow father and, yeah. and bring it to the forefront to thus overthrow the people of power. Correct. Predominantly white people. Correct. Yeah. But I just, I don't think that he did justice to, I, I, I just think that, I think there were stronger character choices that he could have made that I think that they were weak character choices. 
Him, him. I thought, I thought that the guy that played uh, the lead, the Wakanda dude, the guy that actually played Black Panther, Chadwick um, Boseman. Yeah, the chick from uh, Walking Dead was amazing. Oh God, um, I, I the, the, his sister, his sister was hilarious. Sheree, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the movie was just, in my opinion, it was like a good middle of the road Marvel movie. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Yes, sir. Here's the thing. Okay. And I'm a nerd. Yes. My friend. You are. You've got four eyes. Totally a nerd. So my friend has gone back and watched all of the Marvel movies leading up to Infinity War. And he told he he brought something up to me and he said something and I was like, holy shit, my mind has been blown. A lot of the character, uh, the solo movies, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, the first one, uh, Hulk, Ant-Man. the second one, Ant Man. Who are they fighting? Who are the bad guys? Underlings of Thanos. They're bad versions of themselves. Oh. Captain America fought Red Skull. Yeah. Red Skull is also a super soldier. Yeah. Iron Man fought another Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Thor, in the first Thor movie, eh, sort of. Really was the second movie. Anyway... Uh, yeah. Hulk in the not the um, the Edward Norton version the Edward Norton version he fights the Abomination which is the equivalent of the evil Hulk yeah uh, Black Panther Black Panther fights the bad Black Panther like it's lazy writing the Golden Jaguar if you will yeah it's lazy writing and a friend of mine brought that up to me and I was like oh my god it's totally true like all of the origin movies they fight themselves but the bad versions it's like it's like the Bizarro Supermans but it's the truth though it, it? it totally is yeah and it's it, they, they don't they aren't bad movies no but like then you get to a Winter Soldier and then you get to Civil War and you get to the Avengers movie and oops then you get to Age of Ultron like it sets everything up but it's it's there's there's not a lot of meat there well I I'm gonna counter I'm gonna counter you please do I am discussions because you can't be good at anything whether it be taking a shit love yeah being a superhero writing a play or a text if I'm good at three of those five things same <laughs> same same sorry I couldn't help no it. no I'm glad you did because I think I'm, I'm I think I'm kind of like blowing this whole thing the crux of the matter is you need to know who you are before you can handle the heavier shit. I completely agree. So when you say Iron Man fight, fought an Iron Man and Captain America fought Red Skull, which is another super soldier. Yeah. And then we had Thor, who is fighting Loki, who is basically himself, but instead of a hammer, he's got a scepter. Yeah. Um, and, and, and long, luxurious hair. Hashtag long hair, don't care. Um, yeah... I get what you're saying. They got to fight those people so they know who they are. Truth. Um, Absolutely. Michael B. Jordan against Chadwick Boseman are the same in a lot of ways. True. Diff- the exact same person made their suits. True. So I get it. But the backgrounds are different. Obviously. But the backgrounds are different. Yeah, 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 obviously. The motivations are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The change literally comes with Chadwick Boseman, whereas I was almost hopeful that... Killmonger had his own change. Yeah. 
That yeah. would have been breathtaking. Yeah. Well, and the, the and to say that, even though I didn't get that, I still thought out of the Marvel canon, Black Panther best movie. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Personally, come at me, bro. Personally, <laughs> personally, I thought Black Panther was better in Civil War than he was in his own movie, Black Panther. Ooh. I do. I think he was written better in Civil War. Mm. But but that's that's me, and yeah. I, I I don't. Oh, claim to be an expert. It's just yeah. my personal opinion. Yeah, you're just you're just biased. Yeah, well, a little bit. <laughs> Captain America. Come on, guys. Just, no, yeah. um, but I, I, Black Panther had the everything that a Marvel movie should have. Mm-hmm. It had awesome action, good plot, great characters. Um, but it, it just it it just didn't like wow me. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm not saying it was bad. It's like how I feel about Hamilton. I don't love Hamilton. I think it's mm. fine, but I'm not like in love with it. I don't, I'm not losing my mind about it like everybody else is. But it's still a good musical. But it's still. I'm not saying it's a bad musical. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not for me. Yeah. It well, didn't do it. For well, me. here my 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 caveat to that. Is yeah. T.J. Hogel. When was the last time you dropped a rhyme? Ooh, funny story about that. Was, oh God. He's got a rap for Yo, story. No, Tell me. it's pretty bad. So I was I was in college. And I was on the football team, and uh, we had uh, I, I, uh, the, the the floor of the, the dorms I was staying in had all of the freshmen on it. Okay. On the same floor. Okay. And down the hall uh, were two defensive dudes. One was named uh, Will Smith. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. And the Is other he was, now playing for the New Orleans Saints? I don't think so. Oh, wait a second. Was no, what happened to him? Was, 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 uh, uh, keep going. I and then the other one was Jalen something. And anyway, they uh, my dorm was literally just like one door over and down the hall. Mm. And they came in and uh, this other dude, uh, his name was Eric. He was, everybody called him Big Earn. Mm. And, uh, we, <laughs> yeah, Big Earn, what's up? <laughs> so we put... We put on, it, they brought in this CD and they put it on the sound system that was in my dorm room. Okay. And it was just beats. Like, no no rapping, no anything, just beats. And they were like, we're going to freestyle. Oh, no. <laughs> there's the four of us. Will Smith, Jalen, Jalen, sorry, uh, <laughs> Bigger and myself, and we're just sitting in this room and we're just going around <laughs> like, like a poetry reading in, in circle. <laughs> in circle. And like, Will Smith drops these awesome bars and then Jalen drops these awesome bars and then Bigger and actually holds his own and drops these awesome bars and then there's like white me I'm like yeah what up let's go like it was so awful <laughs> so I, the last my time part the last is- and only time I spit bars was when I was a freshman in college my favorite part <laughs> of your story is that Will Smith Jalen have real names. Yep, yep. Big Earn? I said his name was Eric, but everybody called him Big Earn. His name was Eric Morales, but we called him Big Earn. As in, like, we put ashes in Big Earns? That's what he told us to call him, Big Earn. It's like, that's what he went by. Big Earn, if you ever hear this, Eric, Will Smith tore you up on your own shit. Yeah, it's pretty true. Um... You Will should it, you should probably become a CPA. Yeah. And stop rapping. Yeah. I think he did. Okay. That, good. I think he and I both were like our rap careers started and ended on this day. I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only time I have a rap career is when I've had about as much as I've had to drink tonight, <laughs> and I'm at karaoke. I'm at Armida's. 
And I'm thinking, ooh, I can totally do the Andre Three Stacks version of Green Light by John Legend. Ooh. Throw that at me, bruh. Okay. Because I'll make it happen. Okay. Cap'n. Uh, favorite karaoke song? Favorite karaoke? Yeah. Ordinary People, John Legend. All right. Yeah. What's All yours? Right. I believe in a thing called Love by The Darkness. Ooh! ooh. I sing the same song! Yeah, dude. I love that yes. song. That is my jammy jam. This uh, is a great song! Anything by Frank Sinatra, also good. I ooh. feel like karaoke, you have to play your crowd. I think yeah. you have to, like... If you're in a bar in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, like you can't do Andre 3000. You, you probably couldn't even do like in the 80s. You couldn't do like Tears of Fears or the Queen or anything like no. that. You would probably have to do Garth Brooks or some other run of the mill generic shitty. When I feel band. like I'm in a room full of white people afraid of rap music, I do the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. There you um, go. The last time I did karaoke was at Armida's, and I did. Or the second to last time I did John I did um You Remind Me of Something by R. Kelly. Oh. And I brought the house down for half the audience. <laughs> yeah. And then I did Rick Astley's <laughs> um, What up. I'm Never Gonna Give You yeah. Up. And brought the other lighter part of the audience brought them to their feet. It was probably the best. I should retire from karaoke because that was the God, best I've ever done. I love done. it. I love it. Was it. the best I've ever done. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you. I know it's your podcast, mm. but I'm going to ask you a question. Your Do favorite uh, theater experience so far. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a show. It could be a moment. Oh. It could be working with somebody. It could be literally anything for something you know a specific reason like i the reason this show was amazing was because of this reason well i i've got so many answers there are there and there you it, it's hard to narrow it down to yeah. one i would say this um right now cuz i'm thinking about it you're doing a show with john ashton yep. you did lucky guy uh-huh and i was in a really dark depressed place when i did lucky guy directed by john ashton at the edge theater and there was just something about working on that play with him and Andrew Ulenhop, uh-huh. who is on the show tomorrow, uh-huh. that really just balanced me the fuck out. I had I had so much ego going into that project, and by the time I got out of it, I was like, "Shut up!" I think that show saved my career. Yeah, I I I I, I took it because. The Edge hadn't brought me back in a long time, and they haven't brought me back since, but I needed that show. And um, I, was, I was just lucky. I had, a, I had a friend in the business, John Ashton, that gave me that part. Yeah. I did a good job at callbacks, I'm sure, but he believed in me. And then just put, like, dealing with my own arrogance. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like that is that's that show has kept me in theater. There were there have been shows since then that have been amazing and special. Um, fucking Guards of the Taj most recently. Yeah. Waiting for Godot has brought my desire to tell better stories to another level. Yeah. And has given me specifically for. Even, especially Michael, I should say, because I, I understudied him in Bus Stop. Like, working at the Nevada Center gave me people to emulate and try to get to their level. Hell yeah. But, 
lucky guy steered me in a path of, listen, your arrogance can only take you so far, Sam. Shut up and show up. If you shut up and show up and if you just do that, if you just shut up and show up, you might keep working. And if that's what you need to be happy, then shut up. Yeah. And it, it took me to the end of the run to know that. I, I wasn't easy to work with during that period. And right after that, I think I did Cripple of Inishman, and I was still in the same spot of like this just, I'm fucking sad, I need theater, I'm good at theater. Pound my chest, I'm good at this shit. Like those were the shows that saved my career. Cripple of Inishman and like the lucky guy at Edge Theater. Yeah. What about you? But full circle. Yeah. That was, you know, that was the show that knocked you down a peg. Mm. That made you realize, all right, you know, this is, the, I, have to, I have to change to work like this. Yeah. I have to, to do this to, to further yeah. myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there's, it's, I've done so many shows and it's hard, it's hard to put into, everyone's like, what are your top five favorite shows? I'm like, I can't, I can't do that, man. Mm. Like, it's hard because every show is different in, in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a few that always come to mind. And top of the list is when I did the producers at Town Hall back in 2000 whatever. I don't remember what year it was. Uh, but Tim Howard, Bernie Cardell. Uh, uh, who else was in it? Um, I, mean, I know who else was in it. I'm just trying to think of who else people would know. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it was amazing. As a cast, we were all together, and we spent, we were we were always close, and we we worked hard for each other, and we we just we were we were there like as a whole group, every single person in the cast, we were there for each other, and we 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 wanted the best that we could possibly do. Um, along those same lines, Starcatcher, Peter and Starcatcher. Uh, which uh yeah january uh mm-hmm. so just two three months ago um with tim howard and james o'hagan murphy uh nick sugar directed uh it, it just from day one as a whole group 12 uh 11 12 11 or 12 people i don't remember 11 or 12 people in the cast um and that's it and you never leave the stage and it is a it is you you have got to be there for your fellow actors in every scene in everything mm. because if you miss one thing it throws everything off yeah and it was so we we all just knew that from day one we all knew what it was going to take and we everybody worked hard together and everybody was there for everybody all the time yeah. um, and it was amazing and then i think uh the next one would be probably i love you you're perfect now change that i did in breckenridge mm. Uh, with uh, my wife Melanie, um, Mark Middlebrooks, and Lindsay Faldudo, and Seth Chakowsky directed it. Trent Hines did the music. Four person cast. Uh, Trent was on stage with us, so five. I guess he was part of the cast. I guess you could say. Um, and it's it's only four people, and you play all these. Anybody who's ever seen and or done Love I Love You, You're Perfect Now Change knows. That it is it is a it is a demanding show because you have so many costume changes and there's only four people to play mm-hmm. two acts of characters and sing all these songs and 
but it's a comedy and it's amazing and it's fun and you just you grow so close with those people because there's only four of you yeah. and especially working in Breckenridge for those that don't know it's Breckenridge Colorado and mm-hmm. the shows are in Breckenridge and you have to you know you have to be up there you have to stay up there to do the shows up there for the weekend so for five to six weeks at the the run lasts you're living together you know your roommates mm-hmm. yeah and uh so you really get to know those people and it was we just we trusted each other and we knew each other and we just it was we were close mm-hmm. you know and the the show itself was nominated for a bunch of Henrys and nice. it was great man it was great it was really really awesome so um but but really I think that every show has so uh, every show has something amazing to bring to the table absolutely you know whether it's on stage or off stage I can remember doing shows where the stage production was fine mm-hmm. but it was the off stage stuff that I loved yeah. I loved hanging out with the people the conversations I had the the, the, the relationships that I built yeah you know yeah yeah agreed I, yeah I think I mean Bengal Tiger the Baghdad Zoo with, with that was directed by Richard Cowden provided me with so many relationships that meant that that gave that meant a fuck to absolutely me. and and it wasn't because of the work we did on stage like two of the people that i created intense relationships with after the show yeah had nothing to do with the work that was happening on stage absolutely except providing notes absolutely um i, I peter marulo is gonna be a fucking at the very least an usher at my wedding yeah if that ever happens. And it's because of that and Cuckoo's Nest. We went into the trenches and we, we cultivated that relationship. Um, yeah. I, when, when you're thrust into a room with strangers and your only way out is to work together. You understand two things. One, how small the world is because the globe isn't that big. And two, how much your strengths can be magnified by your ability to work with others. Whether you're telling a story, fixing a problem, curing something, the list goes on. Um, yeah. And the beautiful thing about that is, is that sometimes you don't know those strengths mm. until a fellow actor or actress pulls that out of you in a scene or in a, in a song or Agreed. in a way that you didn't think. Yeah. And it's, it, it truly is just amazing. Sometimes you, as great as you think you are, if you're ever open to the other person showing you that you can be more, you can be even greater. Well, and you, you, uh, we have to challenge each other. Challenge me. I want to challenge you. Let's challenge each other. Let's create something amazing. Let's, yeah. let's work towards a common goal. But it's called work. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's. I told you earlier. Like theater is a hobby of mine, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It's not like going and fishing. Mm-mm. You know, you're not just throwing a line out. You're, no. you're working. You're studying your lines. You're, you're, you're doing stage blocking you're doing your biography you're putting yourself on the line your mind it's many a time and whatever you define as your soul is usually out there on stage absolutely those three things take. absolutely 
you put those things at the at the forefront. When we say hobby, we're not demeaning the craft. Not at all. No, it's, not at all. It's it's a it's the best label to describe this other thing that we do. Besides the thing that we do to put food on the table, yeah, and, and I don't for and I don't consider theater that. No, I do not for one second, and I have never considered considered considered. Hello, whiskey. whiskey. I Hello, have never whiskey. considered theater a means to providing for myself or my family. That's what my day job is for, mm-hmm. and I like my day job. I do. I've been there for over 15 years now. Nice. You know? And that that is my main source of income. But theater is solely for me. Yeah. It's for me. Like, and it, that sounds, that sounds selfish. But I, I do it because I want to. I do it yeah. because I, in my life, I can't replace what I get from theater. Mm-hmm. I can't. You Neither know? can I. Yeah. And it's it and that that alone gives you push and drive and it just it you desire to do more mm-hmm. and like you said like full circle hit the button full circle we're coming back I will hit the button I'm hitting wait it. wait hold hold hit it full circle oh shit now I've lost what I was gonna say <laughs> no, no 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 there it is now it's back booyah. <laughs> Full circle being that, like you're you're taking classes, you're you're bettering yourself. You know what I mean? Like you're not quitting on mm-hmm. you. You 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 want to make yourself better, so you do what you what it takes to be better. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, real you, talk. Yeah, I think we've hit the nail on the head in 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 that regard a couple of times. So often for me, I'll I'll go off on a tangent when I talk about like. Right now, I would say right now on March twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, at eight nine oh five in the PM. Uh-huh. Mine says nine oh four and thirty one seconds, but whatever. I'll go nine oh four. Gives me a little more time. I'm being particularly selfish for a lot of reasons. We won't dive into those, but sometimes it's not even sometimes. Let me just say, it is okay to have a thing that you are entirely selfish with. It's okay. I agree with that, though. You need, you need something. Yeah. Some of us blog. Some of us tweet. Some of us record a podcast through Podbean and iTunes. Follow the Ghost Lights. Ghost Lights Podcast. Ghost Lights Podcast. Some of us... Some of us... <laughs> I have to make the noise myself. There it is. <laughs> some of us have improv groups. Yeah. And some of us... There's an outlet for something. Some of it's kickboxing. I mean, Absolutely. it can be anything. Yeah. That you find this outlet to make sense of the energy that you have built up inside of you. Sometimes it's violent. Sometimes it's poetic. Sometimes it's just kinetic and has to move some way. At the end of the day, being an artist is is no more than being a human being alive in the world. You're making the best sense that you possibly can of all the stimuli you're bombarded with 
every moment. Not every day, every moment. And sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's terrible, and sometimes it's good. And the only thing that dictates that is the opposition's perspective. Before we close out this absolutely fun for me. <laughs> it has been awesome. Podcast. It has been pretty awesome. I think I think it's a little different. It's than, definitely different. Than the other ones that some of the other ones hey, that we've done. Um, I, I like long, it. It's long. We're like we're pushing the two hour mark. We're, we're gonna get there. We might get there. Um, <laughs> you might be the longest. You already have top Curtis Johns. Yes. So the so the TJ, you're big in 2018. Yeah. What is the thing you wish you had heard? What's the ghost light you wish was left on for you Mm. when you got into the game? I think that, and, and in listening to your past podcasts, I've heard this question, so I tried to approach it on how I would answer it. Mm. Um, I think what it really comes down to is stick it out. It's it's gonna get tough. Mm. Times will get hard. You're you might not be casting a show, or you know, like I said earlier, you might be casting a role, but not in the role you wanted. Um, and there's, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason, and I think those. Things show themselves, but it may be a different way than you thought. Hmm. And I think that perseverance and um, humility are important traits to show with your inner self. And I think it's important to work hard. Um, and and I again coming from my background, I never really got the theater push, you know. I just did it, and so my my experience has shown that you just got to hang in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Times get hard, and you might not be cast in a show that you want to be cast in, or get cast at all. Mm-hmm. That's a hard part when you hit a drought. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to trust that that will end and that your, you know, the next project is there. Maybe you just can't see it yet. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's important to trust yourself and push yourself. Don't get complacent, like work, work hard. Mm. And I think, and I think it's important. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, wrote a musical, when I was younger, he wrote it, but he wrote it and it was called, there are no small parts, only small actors. And it's, and, and in that, in the show, it talks about how it, it doesn't, the size of the role isn't important. It's what you bring to it. That is. Yeah. And so if you work hard and push yourself, what you're doing, the size of the role is not important. It's what you're doing that's important. Uh, definitely. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you, yeah. TJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been TJ Hogel. This has been Sam Gilstrap with the Ghost Lights Podcast. 
We've had an amazing time. Thank you so much for being on, TJ. Oh, dude, I had a blast. And I hope you'll come back again. <laughs> dude, anytime. Fantastic. Anytime, man. You know if, At the very least, I don't have to put on a recording device. Just bring the whiskey. <laughs> done. My man. done. My man. Um, follow us on Podbean. Follow us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Give me a five-star rating. Um, I Hopefully, I will have earned that with you in the the coming podcasts check out bullets over broadway at vintage theater opening april 13th get those tickets today because it's a musical at vintage you know it's going to sell well um so holler at your boy get them tickets fam otherwise keep working hard if it's worth a damn if the end result is worth a damn put the time in Put the work in. Believe in yourself that it will work. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Ghost Lights. I love you. Hope you listen. We out. We out.